We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here with me today. Uh, we will get to the Trey Lance stuff. Um, Mike Lombardi from his podcast that he does for The Athletic uh, reported yesterday that Washington is very, very enamored with Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, and they are going to potentially make a big move up in the draft to take him. So we will definitely get to that on the show today. I wanted to tell everybody that my bookie is offering a lot of Masters-related uh, activity. I have looked at all of it. Um, I've actually already made a few wagers today, but my bookie at mybookie.ag has everything you need for your golf major Masters betting weekend uh, this weekend. Uh, my wagers so far in head-to-head, I took... Adam Scott today um, at plus 150 against Bryson DeChambeau in a first-round matchup. I took Patrick Reed head up. uh, Actually, he was minus 105 against uh, Paul Casey. And I took Sergio Garcia at even money against Webb Simpson today. Um, Steve Sands, who was on the radio show with me yesterday, uh, thought that Garcia, um, he had a bunch of them, Garcia, Casey, Joaquin Neiman, and a couple of others of those guys that are basically like 30 to 1 or greater, 25 to 1 or greater, he had his sort of sleepers. I kind of agreed with him on Garcia. I'm sure I'll be dead wrong on this. But um, at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag, everything you want to bet on, they've got it. They've got prop bets in every single situation you can think of. Live in-game betting. Go to MyBookie at MyBookie.ag. Use my prop promo code Kevin DC to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1000. That's my bookie at mybookie.ag promo code Kevin DC. Tommy, good morning to you. How are you today? I've got on some this, good news for on you. This glorious day. I'm doing good and I would love to hear some good news. I am fully vaccinated. Really? Yeah. I was going to wait to tell you until I was fully vaccinated. I got my second shot. I'm all done. And, um, 
you know, it was not a liberating feeling by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I almost decided at the last second to try to reschedule the second shot because I didn't think I was going to make it on time. And it was a long haul drive out to Chevrolet, um, you know, near Landover. And right. the traffic was bad. And I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to make it now. Nah, and I don't feel like sitting in traffic. So I almost rescheduled it. My wife's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, who reschedules their <laughs> vaccine? She, she said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, and she hasn't been feeling well. She got her second shot. Did I tell you this? I knew, I know I told you this off the air. I don't know if I told you this on the podcast on Tuesday. She got her second shot on Saturday and got really sick. As it turns out, however, it really wasn't the effects of the second shot, which was the Pfizer shot. She just got a terrible cold simultaneous with the second shot and had sore throat, had an ear infection, all sorts of things that weren't necessarily, you know, side effects anyway of a second shot. I just figured it was the second shot side effects. Um, well, uh, is she feeling better? Yeah, she's much better. Um, was much well, better last good. night. I'll, I'll bet you're a regular Florence Nightingale when your wife gets sick. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty helpful. Very helpful. Okay. I mean, why I'm would sure you, you think you are? Why would you suggest otherwise? Do you think? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, the people that are important to me in my life, I I take care of. Because you have so little sympathy for people who get sick. Well, I I don't. This is true as it relates to my my three boys. You know, we had this conversation at the beginning of the pandemic, and I and I thought to myself, maybe we probably didn't play this right over the years. But unless they were legit sick, they were getting up and going to school. None of this sniffles stuff, staying home. We were not that that group of parents. Really? You don't feel well? Do you have a fever? No. Uh, do you have No, I just I have a headache or I've got the sniff. Get up and get to school. And really, probably the wrong decision. <laughs> you know, because who knows what they transmitted to other kids. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, it wasn't like a liberating thing by any stretch of the imagination, but I will tell you this, I am happy that I'm fully vaccinated. I, I, the only side effect I had, I had no side effects from the first shot. The second shot, the only thing I would tell you is that I'm very, I'm always tired given my hours and, and not enough sleep. Now I'm not complaining, but I don't, I don't sleep a lot in general. So I'm always kind of tired, but I'm, I'm excessively tired today. So I am on actually my third cup of coffee this morning. The first wow. one came at about 5 a.m. The second one came right after the show ended, and then I grabbed a third one uh, from the kitchen here to bring in here. Um, I'm not, I haven't actually taken a sip of it yet, but I, I caffeine, I think, is going to keep me, you know, going here today. What number blueberry muffin are you on? I, I just finished blueberry muffin number one from this fantastic okay. bakery, Pralines, that is near us. Um, and uh, they're blueberry muffins. You are What you, vaccine did you get? Pfizer. Which one? Pfizer. Okay. I had Moder Moderna. Right. And you, I had, I didn't have, I mean, I didn't even have a sore arm. I didn't have a no. sore arm. I, I don't I don't have a sore arm either. either so. I mean, I had zero impact at all. Right. And I felt I didn't feel euphoria as much as I did relief that that we got it done because there was a lot of question, like I said, whether they you know, we weren't Florida residents technically. And we had this done in February. 
you know? So, uh, so uh, there was sense of relief that we that we managed to get in and get the shot. So, first of all, of the um, important people in my life that are much older, like you, I was never ever going to take an opportunity to get the vaccine before you were fully vaccinated, or my parents were fully vaccinated, or anybody with underlying conditions or older. But now they're vaccinating everybody. Now yes. it's it's like if you're if you're available, get in and get it done. Um, did you see the story of Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, and what he said on a podcast yesterday with one of the people that does the show, one of the shows on on NFL Network? About did you hear what he said about whether no, or not I did he, not. Okay, I'm going to read you the quote. Josh Allen, who by the way is a hell of a quarterback, said um, in some sort of ten questions podcast uh are you gonna have you had a vaccine no i have not are you gonna get a vaccine quote i'm still debating that i'm a big statistics and logical guy so if statistics show it's the right thing for me to do i do it again i'd lean the other way too if that's what the statistics say i haven't been paying attention to it as much as maybe i should have i've just been doing my thing and masking up when i'm going out and just staying close and hanging around family, closed quote. He's clearly not a big outside of maybe sports statistics guy because the Pfizer vaccine has a 95% yeah, I know. efficacy rate. Right? This, is, this, is not, this is not a real statistical debate at this point. Moderna has a 93 or 94% efficacy rate. And the J&J, the Johnson & Johnson one-shotter, that efficacy rate is like in the 70s, I think. But here's the bottom line. All three of them have basically, if you get it, even even if you get the vaccine and then you get COVID, like you're one of the small percentage of people that, that get COVID, the chances of getting seriously ill are greatly diminished with the vaccine. Yes. Now, trust me, Zabe and I talked about you know COVID and the whole thing yesterday on the show, and some of you had some, um, you know, rather, uh, rather crass, uh, comments on that, uh, which by the way, sort of leads to, I think what I said on the show yesterday, which is, I just don't know why we, we can't be more open-minded, honest and the truth will do rather than being so divisive. Um, and not that I'm so naive, Tommy, to suggest that all we need is love. <laughs> Although I really would like a lot more love, but God, man, we need a lot of, Open-mindedness. We need to pick love and kind, being kind to one another, over divisiveness and violence. I don't know why we can't all just get along. But anyway, back to Josh Allen. I mean, dude, the statistics are right there for you. And I oh, look at this guy. This guy went to school in Wyoming. Okay. Oh, oh people oh, oh, in oh, Wyoming. Oh, boy, here we go. Cooley lives in people, Wyoming. Well, the people in Wyoming are a little bit off and haven't spent, uh, you know, like about six or seven Novembers, a couple of days in November in Wyoming. They're just a little bit off. They're not going to believe uh, anything that uh, the government tells them or anybody of authority because they're all cowboys out there. Yeah. Well, look, the statistics on 
uh, Josh Allen getting the virus and getting sick from the virus, if he is speaking to those statistics, I understand what they are for somebody who is fit and 25 years old and, you know, I'm guessing doesn't have any underlying health conditions. It is not a, a disease that is threatening to him. I understand that. But, but a Stop, good I know. Teammate, I, I, a good teammate. Yeah would understand that the shot is not just about him. I understand that. That's what I was going to say. And the statistics on this vaccine and what it does and and what it does for everybody, if everybody gets vaccinated, that should be part of his statistical equation. Yes. Um, anyway. When did you get the shot? Uh, I got the second shot on Monday. So when, uh, according to... Uh, you know, conjecture, are you fully protected? Well, it says two weeks after the second shot. Okay. I mean, I you know, I've, okay. re- I've read through the whole CDC thing on the vaccination. And that some of some people really had a problem with, with some of the, the conversation that Zabe and I were having. Zabe's very, very deep into this in, in a way in which, again, I am very open-minded and I am not about to throw uh, any sort of opinion based on real data um, you know, away like many out there are, you know, many just want to buy whatever it is they're reading or watching as the truth. And it's not um, always the truth. My point is within the ne- after two weeks, I'm going to have to make a trip into the studio so we can do the show in person. Once. Oh, yes. The, two weeks done. And then two weeks, you know, the CDC website says if you're fully vaccinated and you're in small to medium-sized ga- gatherings, or you're outside, you, sh- you don't need to wear a mask. Everybody is. If you come in here after my two weeks are up, are you going to wear a mask? No. Okay, I'm not either. No, I'm in a room with you. You're fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. No. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I'm fully vaccinated. That's the net of it. I'm I'm glad I am. I'm glad it, you know, I hope it lasts for a while. You know, there's still a lot of data out there about how long this vaccination keeps you protected at the efficacy rates, you know, that they have. There that that's still an unknown. You know, who knows? We may need another one a year from now. We yeah. may need we may need another one against, you know, a a different variant that you know, develops. Who the fuck knows at this point? But God, you know, this whole last year, not to beat this to death, but the last year, just enough of all of the political divisiveness, the cultural divisiveness, the racial divisiveness that people are really trying to to push. Let's just all, you know, sports is great, Tommy. You know, we live in incredibly divisive times, but sports definitely is one of those areas. It's always been this way, where we don't really care about all of that. We can drop all of that and just debate whether or not Trey Lance is worth going up for. That's what we, we're going to do on this show today. How about this that? This is a rabbit hole I'm not going down because I have, I have different opinions about it. About what? The divisiveness? Yeah. Do, so are you pro-divisiveness or anti-divisiveness? Right now, yeah. I think what, what we're doing is is fighting to get off the mat and fighting back. And when you're fighting back to recover what you've lost, you fight back. Oh, so you're for the fighting back, even if it, even if it includes intentional trying to divide. 
Yes. You know, as as was the case with this Georgia voting law, which I don't want to get into. We, we've talked about it briefly, but, you know, we, we have a new president who's following an old president who couldn't tell the truth. And the new president clearly did not tell the truth w- with respect to the actual hours. And that was inexcusable. Well, but you just said that he's fighting but, back. But, so no, it's no. not so it's excusable. No, that's not that's not excusable. Oh. But fighting back. And this idea of just turning the other cheek and everyone getting along, bullshit. Oh, well. Bullshit. Not, not after the damage that's been done but, for the past four years. Yeah, but see, There's so much to fix. Yeah, but see, you're, you're only acknowledging the damage done by one side, and that's the problem. And that's why you won't get off the position you're on. I acknowledge the damage done by both sides. I acknowledge the ongoing damage done by various media sources, the extremes on both sides. You know, people that don't pay attention to the news, that don't watch the news, don't read the news, I'm convinced are much happier right now and much less angst-ridden over things and are absolutely in an argument much more open-minded probably But that's not the news, Kevin. That's not the news. No, I'm saying the people Watching that don't MSNBC, pay attention to the news. Fox and CNN is not the news. Well, guess what, Tommy? Most people consume and I believe it to be news. But that's not the news. That's I I agree with you. Opinions. I agree those with are, you. Those are people interviewing other people with opinions they are, all day. They are talk formats. They are what you and I do. Now, there yes. are there are hours on all of those networks that are more news hours. Yes, there are. Okay. Um, but yes, there are. But but overall it's all lumped together and to me that's not the news. Well, when you say it's okay f- for, you know, to, to to fight like hell that all should be, all shouldn't be forgotten. We shouldn't all get along. It's time to fight back. You're speaking yeah. to one side of it. Yeah, the right side. No, it's not the right <laughs> side. Actually, it's the left side for you. No, um, but I mean I, the correct side. Yeah, the decencies, well, the humanity side. Yeah. You see, before it was it was the inhumanity side was in charge. Now the humanity side is in charge. Okay. Um, and and yet, you know, we you're you're not excusing our leaders, whether Democrat or Republican, whether 2016 through 2020 or 2021 January moving forward. You're not endorsing continuing to be dishonest or let's let's put it a, a better way um, being speaking in in exaggerated forms that create more divisiveness. Because that's not coming from the news. A lot of All I can say a lot of the misinformation about the Georgia, about the Georgia voting law wasn't just coming from news sources. I don't understand, but look, the Georgia voting law, however, however flawed the criticisms were of the details of it, and I don't understand why Biden has not come off that at this point and just basically said we were wrong about those specifics when it came to a, a, a hours and, and why do you think hours. he hasn't come off of it well because because politicians don't like to do that all politicians oh, okay nobody nobody likes to say we're wrong you don't like to say you were wrong yes i i don't, I don't like to say we were wrong. you nobody definitely don't like to say you were wrong i know but you're convinced <laughs> you do of no course. i don't like to say that i'm wrong but i say that i'm wrong more than you say you're wrong well that's because you're wrong more. <laughs> well, i guess i have more opportunities <laughs> Uh, look, by the way, 
I'm not sitting here telling you that the Georgia voting law, which I've actually read through, doesn't have major issues in it in terms of voter suppression. There are. But it isn't what the president and many people You're have right. described it to be. You are right. So I don't that. I I just am very much a believer in why can't the truth be the truth? The truth will do and be open-minded, be more accepting of people's opinions. Um, let's not get wrapped up into, you know, something that you don't even think exists, which is, which is cancel culture. I'm not canceling anybody because their opinion is different than mine. I, I'm not going to do that. By the way, um, switching subjects sort of, I, I did read your column the other day. You're okay with baseball moving the All-Star game out of Georgia, right? I'm okay with it. I understand the I understand that the Democrats left behind in in Georgia and the damage it does to them. I get that. But sometimes you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, but you don't have to break five or six of them. <laughs> I mean, Stacey Abrams and, and the new Senator Warnock, they're all against this. I get that. Yeah, I understand that. I was watching Chris Christie on uh, the Stephanopoulos Sunday show last week or whenever it was. And he said, talk some, about using politics for personal interests. So that guy okay. who closed bridge down gate. a fucking yeah, okay. bridge. So he said, you know, he essentially said, um, you know, in this this infrastructure bill that, you know, there is some, you know, there are various Republican governors who are for it. And he just basically said, he said, anytime a governor right, left or middle is given money by the federal government, they're going to take it every single time, whether they agree with the purpose of it or not, because it puts them into position where they don't have to raise taxes to generate the revenue, which I thought made a lot of sense. Well, and it does make a lot of sense. And, and sometimes you get a couple of, of uh, lunatic governors out there who say they're going to throw the money back in their face, but nobody really does that. No. No, no. Um, I mean, because for then they you wanna, shouldn't. You want to talk about the infrastructure because, bill? No, I don't want to talk about the infrastructure bill. Why? Do you have some kind of project involved with it or something? No, like that? I don't. I think we need infrastructure in this country. I just don't know. Yes. I, I don't know why you would stuff it with a bunch of stuff that isn't infrastructure. Let's get the bill passed and let's get our roads fixed and our internet fixed and a lot of new things that are referred to as infrastructure. I understand that. But most of that bill is an infrastructure. So why is, can't we is, do is, just an infrastructure bill and then they can go after the other things that they want um, in it? But anyway, um, Trey Lance, what do you think about Trey Lance? Well, here's what I think about <laughs> Trey Lance. If they really believe that that's their guy, they should do everything they can to get him. If they're that sold, if if Washington football, uh, you know, as, as according to Mike Lombardi uh, says on his podcast, is so sold on this guy, then they need to go get him. I agree with you. I just don't know. I, I don't know if I believe the report. Uh, you know what? We'll do that. We'll do that. You have some things. You want to talk about opening day. You were there for it. Yes. Um, you've got a story that you want to tell. Um, I've got something else, but we'll get to the Trey Lance uh, story from Mike Lombardi right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So anyway, uh, Mike Lombardi, who was, you know, a longtime NFL personnel guy, GM, Cleveland, and various other places, and he's been in the media now for a while. I don't know the last time he actually worked um, for an NFL team, uh, but he has his own podcast, um, and it's part of The Athletic, actually. And, you know, over the years, Lombardi's had a lot of Washington criticism, you know, which, by the way, has been pretty fair, but part of the reason he's had it, Tommy Wright, correct me if I'm wrong, but... He and Bruce Allen, they didn't really like each other. They couldn't stand each other. Um, And, you know, I'm trying, I don't remember where their paths crossed. I guess it was in Oakland. I think it may have been in Oakland um, when when Bruce was in Oakland uh, in the early 2000s. But anyway, they don't like each other. He's been wrong on a lot of his Redskins stuff. You know, he did have recently the Marcus Mariota thing. On Washington, and I believe that Washington did have some interest in Marcus Mariota. Anyway, here's what he said on his podcast, um, The GM Shuffle, uh, with Adnan Verk, who uh, I guess co-hosts that show with him. He said that Washington loves North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance and could see Ron Rivera making a major trade for the quarterback. Quote, I think Washington's going to be the next team to unload all of their picks to try to get a quarterback. You know, that would be following the 49ers, you know, who unloaded all their picks to to move up to number three to get a quarterback. He said, I think they love Lance. I don't think I know Washington loves Lance. So will they trade up to get Lance? That remains to be seen. They're going to wait for the draft, and if Trey Lance starts to slide, they're going to go get his ass. They're going to go get his ass. We're going to react we're going to react to what happens in front of us. When Ron Rivera said that, he's not lying. Ron is just being totally honest. I think they want Trey Lance. I think they're willing to go get him. I think they want to do it in a way to where they can minimize their cost. And so the only way you can do that is to get on the clock and wait for that draft to start 3 weeks 3 weeks from tonight, by the way, and wait for uh, who goes four, who goes five, who goes at six, and maybe it gets to six and they'd be willing to move up from 19 to get themselves some Trey Lance. He also said, he also referred to Fitzpatrick many times during this podcast as Fitzy, as if he's a hockey coach. Um, He said, I think they want competition. Fitzpatrick's going to be the starter opening day. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The reality of this is how long can Fitzy go? And he's the perfect guy. So they draft Trey Lance and they've got Fitzy. 
and they've got Heineke and they've got Kyle Allen over there. So they let Fitzy start the season off. They redshirt Lance and they go into 2022 ready to go with Lance. They've got their quarterback for the future. I love when guys talk in college terms, redshirt, because they actually can't redshirt Lance and they can't put Lance on the practice squad either. So yeah. Lance, if they were to draft him, is going to be in the roster. And let me give um, you know old Lombardo uh, some uh, some 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 advice on this. They're not keeping four quarterbacks on the main roster. They just they signed Heineke, they signed Allen, they signed Fitzy. If they bring Lance in, somebody's gone. All four of them aren't there. He didn't mention uh, Stevie Montez either. That's right. Who they're gonna? Who they? I, I've read somewhere. That, that Washington football wants to turn him into Taysom Hill. Yes. Yes, I did read that. Yes. But uh, look, I mean, that sounds pretty good. Uh, that's kind of scenario. I mean, that sounds pretty intelligent. Now, if this happens, it's clearly what Rivera wants. I know they brought in Marty Herney. They brought in Martin Mayhew. They've got all these other minds thinking about what they want to do. But this is a decision if it's made is Ron Rivera's decision. This is what he wants. I mean, he may have taken everybody's opinion into account, but if they do this, I, I got to think this, this is what Rivera wants. I don't think this is, this has, to, this is, this would not be an owner situation uh, upon first glance, right? Well, I mean, I never discount that. I'm surprised. I know that. I'm upon surprised first you glance, did so quickly. Um, Look, they have in their front office now, okay, they have the head coach, they've got Martin Mayhew, yeah. they've got Marty Herney, they've got Chris Polian, they've got Eric right. Stokes, um, they've got the guy Gribble who they love, you know, who's who heads up their college personnel. They're a they lot got of a pe- lot of voices. They've got, they got a lot of voices and they got a lot of people and they've got a lot of experience, to be fair. Yes. Like this is an yeah. experienced group evaluating these players. I don't think they're gonna make a Sua Cravens or Darius Geis mistake moving forward because they're gonna know where the bodies are buried. They're gonna they're gonna see the red flags or they're gonna see them at least as red if there are flags there, unlike Bruce Allen, Brucey, who is colorblind. So they're going to see that stuff, and I don't think you're going to see big mistakes like that made. Now, whether or not they get players that are good enough, who knows? Um, but uh, I, I think that it would be a lot of people involved, and my guess is, to answer your question, is that Dan, I'm going to hope that Dan's not got a big voice in this, other than for Ron after he has sat down with Martin and Marty and you know um, uh, Stokes and Polian and Gribble, and he goes and he calls calls him up and he dials him up and he says, Mr. Snyder, um, it's Ron. Mr. Snyder, we have come to the conclusion that as this draft is going um, uh, on tomorrow night, that if Trey Lance is there at the eight spot where Carolina's selecting, we've had some discussions. We're going to trade up for Trey Lance, and and I would think that Dan would say, you know, right now, my guess is Dan would say whatever you think is right, Ron. Well, I would think that would get the owner juiced up. You know, I mean, the unlike before. Uh, not that we know of. The owner isn't wedded to any quarterback on the roster now. You know, he's got no skin in the game at, at, at this point. So uh, the idea of of moving up in the draft to draft the unknown young star college quarterback would excite the owner, I would think. 
Yeah, but I'm saying that it's not going to be driven. The decision is not going to be driven because the owner has said, "Hey, we got we got to get a big time quarterback in here. We well, got to get this guy. He didn't go to co- he didn't go to school with his son or anything like that, did he? Trey, uh, this Lance guy, he's not from D.C., is he? <laughs> no, he played at North Dakota State. I don't know where he's from. Okay, okay, so he didn't you know, go to he didn't go to Bullis. I know he didn't go to Bullis. Okay, so I think we're, I think you're okay. He's from Marshall, Minnesota. So that's where he's from. So, yeah. um, so a couple things on this. Number one, I don't think it's going to happen um, for a lot of reasons, w- w- which I'll get to here in a moment. Number two, I have no idea if they have um, the kind of desire to have Trey Lance on their roster that Mike Lombardi thinks they have. I have no idea. I did two months ago hear from a pretty reliable source that there were at least a couple of people in personnel that really liked Justin Fields. It wasn't that it was an overall franchise, you know, thought, but uh, you know, I do know that certainly month and a half, two months ago, there were some people in personnel that really were enamored with Justin Fields. Justin Fields could drop too. Um, uh, but so I don't know if, if I don't know anything about their 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 opinion on Trey Lance. I do agree with you though. If this particular group comes to the conclusion that Trey Lance is a ten to fifteen year franchise quarterback with the possibility of becoming an elite quarterback, answer for this franchise, then I do want them to be aggressive, and I want them to go get Trey Lance. And I can't tell you about Trey Lance um, and whether or not I would do it as a fan because Trey Lance has started all of like 16 games at the FCS level. Like this is, you know, this is a big risk. Trey Lance, I've watched the video just like all of you have, I'm sure, or many of you have. I mean, he is really something to watch on video. You know, he's got size, but he is so elusive. He's such a playmaker. He's got great speed. He's got eyes in the back of his head. He's able to extend plays. He's got a big arm. He's not short like Russell Wilson, but he moves around and creates like Russell Wilson. You know, he's not. he doesn't have the exact arm strength that Patrick Mahomes has, but he's able to completely, you know, take four different directions on one play to, to complete a pass down the field. But this was at a level in which they were the dominant team. You know, it wasn't that he was on an FCS team that was just okay and he was elevating the team. This is the dominant program at the FCS level. They they won back-to-back championships with him in 2018. You know, he didn't play in 2018. In 2019, they won it. And one of the numbers that everybody throws out as like it's just unbelievable, like we've never seen anything like it, is he threw 28 touchdown passes and no interceptions in 2019. And he threw, you know, he completed 67% of his passes and he rushed for over 1,000 yards. Actually, I think he rushed for over 1,100 yards. Um, and a bunch of, of rushing touchdowns as well. Okay, I, I just don't know how anybody that is a fan of the game, that doesn't have the ability to really do the kind of research you have to do and doesn't ha- and don't have the expertise that Herney and Mayhew and Rivera and Scott Turner and Stokes and Polian and all these guys have, how you would have such a definitive opinion about a guy that you didn't even see play college football. Like, we all have an opinion about Trevor Lawrence 
and Justin Fields and Mac Jones because they're on TV every weekend. And we can watch all of their games and have, you know, an informed opinion, not as informed, obviously, as the people who are doing this for a living, but I don't even know how you get to the point where you're absolutely convinced that Trey Lance is a fan. You're convinced that he's like the next Mahomes or Rodgers or Wilson or a oh, combination of all three of them. Everybody with a keyboard is is, is a general manager. I think it's a high, you know, high-risk venture, they can, they a player. They can watch videos. They can, they can you know... They, they can watch highlights and they can uh, talk to their friends and their buddies and come up with an come up with a, an opinion. Yes, they can they can do that. They can they can do that. Uh, look, I um, I I, I, I I don't I don't have an opinion on Trey Lance. I've watched all the videos. He really looks good, you know. He looks great. I have much more of an opinion on the players that I watched play at a high-level Division One. all the big games that Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones were involved in. You know, watched you know the, the games that Zach Wilson quarterback this year. There's a lot that's impressive about him. Watched a lot of the other guys like Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask. Watched enough of Jamie Newman, you know, from his Wake Forest days. Obviously, he didn't play last year at Georgia. Trey Lance, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, like, I believe he's the next Mahomes or the next Rodgers or Wilson or a combination of all three because or Josh Allen, whatever. I, I just don't. I think when you're drafting a quarterback at that level from a team that good and that much better than their competition, where, by the way, like he averaged like 18 pass attempts a game or something like that. Why? Well, because they're up like 38 to nothing in all these <laughs> games. Yeah. You know, so they're not even really they're they're truly not having many competitive games. So you've got all of that as well. In 2019, on the way to the championship, um, they won well, 2018 on the way to the championship, 52 this is the playoffs. 52 to 10, 35 nothing, 44 21, 38 24. So that was their closest game in 2018 on the way to the championship. In 2019, the team that he quarterbacked, 37-13, 9-3 was the score of the quarterfinal game. I don't know what the circumstances of that game were. I mean, could have been a bad weather game for all I know. 42-14, and then they beat a really good James Madison FCS team, 28-20. But, I mean, these regular season games that this team's playing, I mean – They're knockouts every week. He averaged 18 pass attempts in college football. That's not a lot. So it's not just that he didn't play a lot of games. He didn't throw a lot of passes. So uh, anyway, I don't. I don't know. um, I don't know how uh, you really, as a fan, can be absolutely convinced um, about him. That's all I would say. what else on him? Oh, I know what I wanted to say. So the other the other part of this is, is it possible? Well, to make it an absolute certainty, you'd have to tr- you'd have to know that San Francisco's not going to pick him at three, and we don't know that for sure at this point. Secondly, if you do find that out on draft night and it goes Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then um, and then uh, at number three, Mac Jones to San Francisco, then to be assured that you get him, you've got to trade up to number four from 19. 
that's going to cost you uh, two firsts and a second minimum. Like your 2022 first, your 2023 first, and probably your second, which is 51 overall this year. And by the way, your first rounder this year where you're going to swap spots 19 with four. That's a pretty pricey proposition to go up and get them. Now, Atlanta could potentially get a lot more from a team like New England or a team like Denver that doesn't want to wait around to see is it going to be Lance or Fields that goes next. Um, here's the other issue with, uh, with, the, with the draft as you, as you sit and wait for it. So now that Carolina's traded for um, Sam Darnold, okay, uh, let's just let, let's play this out. Lawrence won, Zach Wilson two, and let's just say the 49ers go Mac Jones. Even though there's been okay. a lot of Trey Lance and Justin Fields talk, they're going to go to Justin Fields' uh, second pro day today, second or third pro day, whatever it is. And let's just say Atlanta decides we're not trading it, um, we're going to draft Kyle Pitts, who might be the best player in the draft. And Cincinnati goes receiver, or they go Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon, and then the Dolphins go receiver. Um, and then the Lions are on the clock. The Lions could be looking at quarterback. I would think that you you almost have to go up to seven. Carolina at eight, they just, they just did the deal with Darnold. Maybe they would trade back to 19. But after Darnold, if he's still after uh, Carolina, if he's still there, Denver needs a quarterback next. Then Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, 10, 11, 12. None of those teams are going to trade with you so that you can draft your quarterback. Not one of your division rivals is going to make a trade for you. So my point here is too expensive to go up to four. Um, you know, Miami's already traded back to six and, and moved, you know, done their incredible job off the Laramie Tunsil uh, uh, trade from a few years back of picking up all these picks and moving around. Cincinnati's picking somebody to help Burrow. Miami's picking somebody to help Tua. Then it's Detroit, Carolina, Denver. So it's those three teams that you're going to have to do a deal with. And Denver still needs a quarterback and Detroit needs a quarterback. I think they do. I think they should be looking for a quarterback because I don't think Jared Goff is the answer. Carolina would probably be the spot. 19-8, to you're going to give up no less than a first and a second to move up 11 spots and probably more than that. So you better be sure. Because you're not, he's not dropping to like Dallas at 10 and then you're going to get Dallas on the phone and say, hey, no, that's not going to happen. Gonna or, happen. Or the Giants at 11 or the Eagles at 12. Other teams they'll deal with. To, to, to trade back to, to allow somebody to get Trey Lance. And by the way, who knows? The Eagles at 12, if one of those quarterbacks dropped to 12, who's to say that they wouldn't take Lance or Fields? Yeah, you got a new coach in, uh, in uh, Philadelphia now. So I just don't see it being possible unless they were just to, get, to, to give up just a boatload to make Atlanta do the deal with them if Atlanta has other offers. And we still don't know for sure that San Francisco is going to draft uh, Mac Jones. It just seems like people are are backing. Schefter's pretty adamant that it's going to be Mac Jones. So I really do believe Adam more than anybody else when it comes to this stuff. Um, but who knows? And the um, by the way, I said this on, on radio this morning with my new producer Brendan, who's really a big sports fan and and huge into the NFL draft. If I were doing one of these mock draft, Tommy, uh, if I was part of this mock draft community and I didn't have a lot of stature but I was looking for some publicity, I would put out a mock draft 
with Zach Wilson number one to Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence number two to the Jets because nobody's done that and 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 yet people are so so into Zach Wilson Gil Brandt who you and I both love on Twitter right we've talked about this before right yes Gil Brandt said the other day um that and Gil Brandt for those of you who don't know is the long time you know in the 60s 70s 80s before Jerry took over the organization in Dallas the longtime general manager and the architect of all those cowboy teams and he's great on Twitter how old did we look this up recently isn't he like 80 something years old something like that yeah Uh, so he tweeted this out the other day if you pin me down and forced me to pick between trevor lawrence and zach wilson i might pick wilson it's that close for me honestly i'm surprised the jaguars new head coach who's urban meyer didn't show up at byu's pro day so he loves zach wilson too like if I were doing one of these things, I'd absolutely put Zach Wilson number one. And 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 if I were one of these guys just trying to make a name for my mock draft, I'd say I've got some information that Zach Wilson that the Jacksonville's now considering Zach Wilson. That yeah, would but get that wouldn't that wouldn't be true though. You no. don't have any information. No, no, no. If I if I were in my basement trying to be a known mock drafter, I'd put Zach Wilson so number you, one. So you would. So you would advocate spreading false information yes i would yeah for, oh so for so somebody you, like that you're, you're good at compartmentalizing well, sports nobody when, get, when no, it comes to nobody that. gets hurt by sports tommy come on okay yeah okay. i mean you know this isn't this isn't spreading information about right. you know an election that wasn't uh fairly contested this okay is... so you do have a level of comfort with deceit <laughs> I do have a level of comfort with deceit when it comes to things that don't matter. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. You know who else has that? You do. I do not. Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're so high and mighty. (laughs) I'm sorry. Look at, I mean, it's it's, like the air is thin up here. I can tell you that, but I don't. (laughs) The air is thin up here. Yeah. You can barely breathe. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, for any of you listening that are doing your own little mock draft thing, I would do that. Put Zach Wilson one and put Trevor Lawrence two and just say that you've, you know, you, you've heard there's a possibility that Jacksonville, that Jacksonville is thinking about Zach Wilson. That'll get you on the board here. That'll get you on the board. better than that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, the air is thin up here. That's the name of today's podcast. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. And I, it's not just because I think Lombardi's wrong in a lot of things. I mean, I, I don't know. He might know something. The bottom line is I just don't think that they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to really have the opportunity to do it. I think one of the reasons after failing on on um, on uh, Matt Stafford that they went ultimately went with Fitzpatrick is that they didn't think they'd have a chance to get the quarterback that they wanted in the draft. And they had to come up with a solution for next year and maybe even the year after, potentially. But okay. things change between the time they made the trade for Fitzpatrick and draft night. Opinions can change. No doubt. Actually, opinions in their own building um, yes, that's what change. I mean. Yeah, I agree. That's what I mean. I mean, you know, between that time, they could come to the conclusion that, well, we have to do everything we can now to get this guy. We're more sold on him now than we were two months ago. 
All right, when we come back, Tommy wants to share some stories from opening day the other day. The Nats dropped two heartbreakers yesterday. God, did Strasburg pitch well. Uh, More on that. Tommy's got a story to tell. um, And I have a follow-up to the show yesterday with Zabe um, that Tommy uh, will uh, get involved in, too, because it's a subject near and dear to his heart. Uh, That's next after this word from one of our sponsors. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. So the Nats got swept in the doubleheader yesterday. Now they're off to L.A. to face the Dodgers. Man, I... I don't. Nobody was paying attention. They were so blinded by how embarrassed um, they were as a Nats fan over all the issues of last week. So I don't even know if anybody watched these games. But the first game was a close game. And this you're short... such a. This is what you're such a fool. <laughs> you really are. No, you are. On this. I mean, th- on this, this is one, ridiculous. You, on this one, you are. I mean, this is nobody. Ridiculous. Nobody. Nobody you gives have, a shit. No, I, I, nobody I'm not cares. talking about fans. Fans don't give a shit about any yeah, of this okay. stuff. So why inside your own industry? Uh huh. Inside the industry of baseball, oh. this was an embarrassment. Okay, well, the, you, it was an embarrassment for the Nationals. You weren't specifically clear on inside the industry when you were talking about what well, a major it's an embarrassment, embarrassment it was for them. It is embarrassing. Okay, um, and just because most people are not <laughs> smart enough to realize that, right? It doesn't mean it's not an embarrassment. And winning opening day doesn't mean it wasn't an embarrassment. That embarrassment came home to roost yesterday when they dropped a doubleheader because of their depleted roster. Well, that's – you know what? It's probably why they got swept. But then again, opening day, what a hell of a game. But inside baseball, I mean, people were eye-rolling because of just how – you know, how reprehensible – the, the Nationals' uh, actions were in leading up to all these COVID situations. I don't believe have. an embarrassing situation, even if it's not your fault, is reprehensible. Mm, okay. What is it then? How did it manifest itself, the embarrassment? How did it manifest itself? Is yeah. that, it's that, you know, it, it diminishes your reputation inside your business. Do they have a pretty good reputation? I tell you what, if it with? was your business, yeah. you'd be pissed. Uh, not, not if I'd only be pissed. I, this is what I said to you the other day. I'd only be pissed if it happened because we weren't doing everything we could do to prevent it from happening. And how do you know that's not the case? I don't know since, that that's the case. Every that's other, why I qualified it the other have, day. You have 30 departments in your company, uh-huh. and 29 of them don't have a problem. Right. But one does. Right. 
Well, that would have been a problem for me. It wouldn't have been okay. acceptable if if one department was responsible for these COVID cases. But if if we were doing everything that we were supposed to be doing, we were following all protocols, and we had these cases, I wouldn't be sitting there pointing fingers. I wouldn't be embarrassed by it if it were if it were my business or my organization. I would chalk it up to chance and randomness, which, by the way, is a lot of these situations. You know, a lot of people have followed every single rule for a year, and yet they got COVID. So it's certainly possible that they but in March, that they may have been more diligent than most teams in the league, and they got in it. In March, leaving spring training, 29 teams managed to get through without a COVID case. Yeah, but you're— One didn't. You're That's su- an embarrassment. You're suggesting that the one didn't couldn't have been the one because of bad luck. I, I just I I think look if they if if they were loosey goosey like Baltimore was with that one you know uh, assistant coach or trainer or whatever that caused their issue that's embarrassing. Okay, that let's is not do this again. Uh, we I don't mean, you're, you're we don't need one, to do it again. You, you just can't. You, you just, just, cha- you, you, just, just can't. Cha- you just changed sort of how you described why they should be embarrassed to an inside the, the baseball thing. That it was an embarrassing. I situation didn't even remember they had the situation it. watching opening day. Didn't didn't even think about them. Which th- has nothing to do. Uh, with it the it fact doesn't now. Embarrassment. There's no time span on embarrassment. In the moment, it was an embarrassing situation. So how did it manifest itself? <clears throat> Well, the, the, manifested itself the le- yesterday is the le- when they dropped a doubleheader. Okay. Yes, but is that embarrassment? Or is that just because they lost players due to a bad luck COVID event? Won. Either game of which they could have won if one What noises are you making on that other depleted. end? What, what was that noise that you just made? <laughs> what are you Listen doing over you. there? You're the one. You're the one who sounds like an infirmary today. <laughs> I do sound like an infirmary. I don't think anybody inside baseball is looking at the Nats going, "Oh, you of should be you so embarrassed with yourself." Because, um, because you're you're so familiar with 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 the industry. You know what the 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 air is very thin up here. It is. Yes. Well. So opening day was awesome. You were there. Uh, yesterday sucked. How about Strasburg though? How good was he? And his yes, that was, that was that was very encouraging and impressive, and uh, embarrassing that they wasted such a great start. Yes, that you know what? Good use of that verb. It was very they 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 were embarrassed um, for wasting that performance against a division rival against the favorites gonna to have win the to division. Be. Yes, very embarrassing. All right, tell yes. me about opening day. You know, if you read uh, if you read some of my colleagues, opening day was a religious experience. Tom Boswell and and Barry. I mean, it was just great. It was wonderful. And how could it not be? They come back to win uh, with a walk off hit by the great Juan Soto, six to five. Uh, there's fans in the stands. I mean, you know, what what could be wrong with that? It was a fabulous day, right? Yes. Opening day sucked for me. Tell me why. I mean, it was a miserable friggin' experience. Sucked. Okay. Why? Here's why. Because if I was sitting in the stands, it would have been great. It would I mean, how could it not be great? 
But I was sitting in the press box. Yeah, this is about you. Where I yeah. do my where I do my job. Mm -hmm. Okay. And based on, and I'm not criticizing anyone. They, I mean, the, the Nats, I mean, they're, you know, I mean, they're doing what they're supposed to do. There's all kinds of restrictions involved and I'm not complaining about any of that. I'm just explaining the reality of it. Sitting in that press box, I felt like I was in a phone center in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> selling, selling, um, yeah. some sort of diet drug. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're 60 feet, six inches away from the next reporter, you know? Selling Fen-Fen? There you go. Isn't that what Michael and, Scott and, was pushing, Fen-Fen? I forget what he was selling. Yeah. But, uh, you know, usually a press box, look, you remember how the bullpen was at, at the radio station? Yeah. How, how much fun it was? Yes. Okay, well, a newsroom. Is ten times that really okay? And there's and there's no more newsrooms left anymore. Mm -hmm. So for me, the closest thing is a press box. You, you get to, to joke with you know, other reporters. You know, you talk about what's going on during a game. There's all kinds of interactions that take place. Well, there's none of that uh, on on opening day. Zero. Everyone's sitting in their in their own little isolated area. You know, and and um, I mean, and then there's the, this was the first sporting event I've been to where you don't have access to anybody who's playing the game, managing the game, anybody involved in the game. I know this has been going on for more than a year now. The, the Zoom information uh, uh, practice that happens in sports and I've, I've experienced it at home last year for Washington football games. I would sign on and, and you know, the whole Zoom thing with, with Ron Rivera right. and all that. But I wasn't there, okay? So it was such a foreign concept to me to sit in that press box and basically act like a stenographer taking down the video. I felt like a kid at home in school. I'm, I'm not in the clubhouse to see how excited these players are after a game, the celebration that's going on. I'm not there before the game in the clubhouse to see what level of anxiety they have over what they're going through. I don't have access to any of that. All I am is a stenographer sitting in the press box, taking down notes and like fans watching the game. That's fine. If you're a fan for me, it sucked. It was not doing my job. And if this is the way it's going to be for like in the future forever, you're not like, going. I mean, nobody, nobody is jumping at the chance to have reporters back or hanging around them. I mean, it's not an attractive atmosphere. That's a really good point. By the way, well, I don't think ahead. that the PR people are – I mean, well, at some point the PR people are going to wonder, well, if you start taking away part of my job, I'm going to be less necessary. But even the PR people who have to deal with all of the requests you know, during the day and can I grab Trey Turner real quickly, I, I'm, doing, I'm writing a column, it'll be easier for them without you guys there. And it has yes. been. Yes, and, and uh, I don't know if this is going to happen. The Baseball Writers Association of America is working hard to lobby baseball to make sure it does go back at some point 
when things are normal mm -hmm. to the way it were, was, but there's no guarantee that'll happen. Uh, and if that's the case, then I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I, they might as well take the press boxes and, and, and demolish them or do turn them into use seats them for seating. Yeah, except they're, they're 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 not even in the upper deck that Max Scherzer was talking about yesterday. Where you sit is in the upper upper deck. Yes. Um, you were you know you were Michael Scott the other day selling Fen Fen, and yes. Barry and all the other guys were Vikram. They they were doing a much better job of closing sales. You were there telling stories, uh, you know about that, movies. That's it. You were doing movie that's reviews. It. You know what? Here's the thing about Die Hard Four, Die Hard One. The original John McClane is just this normal guy, you know. He's just a normal New York City cop who gets his feet cut and he gets beat up, but he's an everyday guy. In Die Hard 4, he is jumping a motorcycle into a helicopter in the air, you know. He's invincible. It's just sort of lost what Die Hard was. It's not Terminator. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly the way it was. So I. I think, honestly, when you told me the other day, I don't know if I said this to you on the podcast, but I may have, um, when you when you said how much you were looking forward to it, because you were, you yes. were looking forward to getting back to the ballpark for opening day, and I was like, really? First of all, that press box is way up there. Secondly, um, you're not going to be near, you like to yuck it up. You like to walk, and who you're going to be socially distanced from everybody. It seemed like you were going to be walking into like, um, you know, a funeral home for all intents and purposes. Age wise, it may be pretty close to it in that press box. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm definitely kidding. Please, Chelsea. Was Chelsea there? She's back yeah, on the she beat. Was there. It was. It's she great was that there. she's back on the beat and. And yeah. Jesse and, and all the young people out there covering the team. I was yeah. talking more about the, the older columnists in town. And Barry's not that yes. old. Um, no. All right. But they all, it was just me. Everybody else had it seemed to have a great time. For me, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't doing my job. It wasn't the point, the reason I was there. Yeah. Well, and again, all the joy would have, been, would have been there. If I was, if I had a seat in the stands and was watching the game, that would have been great. Well, I mean, you, you, here's the thing: if you were in the stadium the other day, you would have been in the lower level. Seemed like a Diamond Club special watching it on TV. We know there wasn't anybody in the upper deck of the forty-eight hundred and one that were there. What were the crowd? Uh, did, how'd they do yesterday? I didn't even look. Um, I think they got the same. I think they got the same amount. Right, like it, about forty nine, forty eight hundred. It's still nobody uh, in the upper deck yesterday. I don't. I don't know. I didn't notice. Right. I didn't notice when I was watching. I, I think in the, the upper deck. Look, the, the, I, the, the whole and I don't like to second guess uh, the the COVID restrictions too much mm -hmm. because we don't really know what the hell we're doing here. So everyone's trying to to you know err on the side of caution. But I think they could let more people into the ballpark. Well, talk to your mayor about that. She's... And and it's ridiculous that they're not letting anyone. I'm I'm sympathetic with Ted Leonsis Ooh, on this. I was going to say, where are you on Ted being I'm really outraged? They're Ted. not letting anybody inside well, Capital One Arena. Well, I would point out for Ted, he should be happy to not let anyone inside <laughs> to see the Wizards. But his hockey team... He wants people to come see, and I think they should do it. I, I'd be shocked 
if come the playoffs, there's not fans in the arena. Well, that would be a change of direction from from yes. DC and and Mayor, I'm predicting Mayor Bowser. That. Um, I don't, you know, I they I would imagine because Ted does, regardless of of what you think of him, and 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 you know, as a as a guy that you know speaks his mind and is involved in a lot of stuff and is out there, um, he's a good owner, and they always yes. have good, a good product, and they always have a really good um, live product for both hockey and basketball. I'll give it give it to him for basketball as well. In terms of you know what you're getting as a consumer when you go to these games, so I would imagine you know they have built out every possible safety you know, uh, measure, um, and whatever they need to do to make that, that, that arena compliant and safe. And, uh, I don't know why you, you wouldn't be able to, I, I don't know why people who are fully vaccinated, you know, won't be able to go to these things. I, they mean, and by the time we get to the playoffs, when are the playoffs? They usually start this month. Obviously, it's different this year. I don't know when the hockey playoffs start. I think start. the end of a month or okay, maybe well, May I or mean, something like you that. Know, a lot of people are going to be vaccinated at that point. Yes. I don't know why, you know, maybe maybe they'll get a little bit less um, less restrictive on some of this stuff. Uh, the, the, the one thing, and I mentioned this to you the other day, the only thing I just don't understand is I, how many banner raisings are we going to do? Like... Can't they just wait at this point until you've got a full stadium, 41,000 strong, you know, and it's not just your, you know, premium season ticket holders who were the lucky 4,800 to 5,000 that have been there here recently. I don't know that for a fact, Tommy. I'm guessing that they're all, I know they're all season ticket holders, and I'm guessing that those that were there for opening day the other day are you know, important season ticket holders. I didn't read where they did it by lottery, did they? I could be wrong about that. But I'm going to guess... I don't know. I'm going to guess that they're, you know, the more important, higher-priced season ticket holders that were let into the building. I don't know why they would do a banner raising for that group. Wait until you got a full house. Let's do it the right way. I I told you, like before, I'm all for multiple banner raisings. Okay. Hey, I wanted to just mention one thing about one of Ted's teams because we have talked about Russell Westbrook here and there this year. I didn't watch a lot of the game last night, but I turned it on. Good God, he was good last night. Like, that was the best game Westbrook's played. Terrible opponent in Orlando. But it's really amazing to watch him when he is shooting the ball well. And he's not a total turnover machine. He had 23 points, 15 assists, 14 rebounds last night. He was 8 for 11 from the floor last night, 3 for 3 on threes, and 4 for 4 from the free throw line. Like, he's had some games recently, some horrendous games. He was 1 for 6 from the free throw line in a game last week. I forget who uh, who it was against. He was, like, his three-point shooting recently has been just horrific. He shot over 72% from the floor last night and got his 20th double double uh, 20th triple double. He really is a marvel in so many ways and the, nobody's be able to appreciate this live. Um he was great last night. I mean, what a box score and he's had some crazy ass box scores both positive and negative, but last night's about as efficient as he can be. And I'll tell you what, last year in Houston, he didn't shoot the ball well at all at times, especially after, you know, the COVID shutdown. And uh 
He was great last night. Beal came back. Whatever. I wanted to finish up the show with this. So yesterday, um, I got a story. I got to tell. Oh, you, you had this story about uh, about Rock. That wasn't that wasn't the story. <laughs> okay, sorry. I forgot about your story about your son. Tell me about your son. Last night, yes, my oldest son Rocco and I, uh, we watched Godzilla versus Kong mm-hmm. on uh, on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal for us. Uh, when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, monster movies, I thought they were like Citizen Kane. I thought they were the greatest thing in the world. Right. And I was nuts about them. The whole Godzilla movies, uh, Gorgo, the beast from 20,000 fathoms, all of them. And when my, when my kids were little, I used to watch them with them. And, you know, we, uh, it was a big part of their, uh, childhood growing up watching these old monster movies and i can remember answering like a, a hundred questions uh during the movie from 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 rocco when he was like four years old about why is godzilla doing this and and all that so it's an emotional connection a strong one okay yep so to to be able to watch godzilla versus kong which i highly recommend i was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it because I did not like the second Godzilla movie or did I like uh, Kong Skull Island. I thought they were both absurd, but this was pretty good, but it was just, I mean, I, I have an audio. Is this, this is a movie that's just out now. Yeah. Okay. I I, an, I'm not a fan of these movies, so I, I didn't, I didn't realize that that's what you're talking about. So you, you went to the movie theater and watched it? No, or? no, no. We watched it at home on okay. HBO Max. Okay. HBO And Max. I, I have an audio tape of me watching, me and my son Rocco, when he was like, like I said, four, five years old, watching uh, one of the Godzilla movies and him asking me all the questions. Like, <laughs> really? Constantly. You've got an audio, audio tape, tape of that? It. Yeah, I just I just turned on the tape recorder because I, I mean, it was just so funny. I mean, he had a question about everything, you know, and I loved answering. Them. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, so I just really enjoyed it. And, uh, it's uh, one of our connections, and I know it's a goofy connection, monster movies, but uh, I, I recommend to anyone out there, if you like uh, if you like these kind of films, Godzilla versus Kong is pretty good. Um, I love the fact that when you were watching this, and how old was he again? Five, maybe. Oh, my God. And you just flipped on the tape recorder. So how many, yeah. when's the last time you listened to it? Oh, it's been a while. I'm going to go back and listen to it this week. Will you bring it to the show and, and let us listen to it on the podcast? Uh, let me listen to it first. I'll, I'll okay. entertain that possibility. I, I think that is, that's phenomenal. You know, I, um, I mean, God, we have so many, you know, videos of the kids when they were young and yeah, I'm so do we too. Yeah, we, but, we do too. But that's pretty cool. And he's just asking, he's just, so he was into it and he's asking one question after another at five years old. Yeah, and here he is. He's 35 years old, and he's still into it. That's all. Awesome. In fact, like it was a big deal for him to come up and watch the movie with me. That's great. So um, it was great. I like that story. Uh, I wanted to finish with this. So yesterday, Zabe was on the podcast, and Zabe says to me, we're talking about Sam Darnold, and Zabe says, Sam Darnold reminds me of the guy in Breaking Bad. You know, he's just lifeless, and he's sort of got the same blockhead and sort of looks like him. Um, and I said, who, Todd? He's like, yeah, Todd. And so, 
And so um, after, in sort of post-production, um, I just dropped in, had Aaron drop in um, a Todd clip. You know, the clip being, um, if you recall, when he goes, when, you know, when Jesse tried to escape, you know, in, in one of the final episodes um, in season five, when Jesse tried to escape and then they take him over to his girlfriend's house, Andrea's house, and then Todd does the thing at the front door and, hi, I'm Todd, I'm a friend of, a friend of Jesse Pinkman's, and she opens the door and then, you know, 10 seconds later, poor Andrea uh, is, is, yeah. is, is done. And so several people said, God, why did you pick that Todd drop. Well, to be honest with you, it was like one of the only ones out there. But I, I was thinking to myself, well, which one do you want? The one where he shoots the kid? You know? <laughs> like, there aren't a lot of, you know, pleasant Todd conversations. Although, actually, probably some of those conversations with Lydia would have been better to play. But I just, yes. I, I found what I found, and I put it out there. Anyway, um, I wanted to share that with you. But here was the other thing um, that somebody tweeted this to me. Um, Wally was his name. I think it was Wally or that was his Twitter handle. And he said, I, I loved, um, I loved the fact that you draw, uh, you had that clip in there. And, and he also had listened to my radio show this morning where I retold this story. And then I, Tommy, I went out of the show this morning playing baby blue, which was the final song on the season finale yes, when great. Walter White, uh, you know, dies, which is a great song from a band called bad finger way back in the, I don't know, early seventies. You, you would know that more. Yes. Than I saw bad finger in concert. The first concert I've ever seen in person. Oh really? Where? So, 1970. They, they played a concert at my high school, at hmm. my high school auditorium, East Stroudsburg high school. I don't know why, but <laughs> yeah. they did. So, so anyway, on, on the way out of the radio show um, this morning, I, I I played that song and didn't, you know, several people, you know, obviously then tweeted me and said, loved how you went out with, you know, the the, the season finale Breaking Bad song. But this this tweet from from Wally something, Kevin, thanks for bringing up Breaking Bad. I've often thought this. I would love to erase my memory of Breaking Bad just so I could watch it again. And I thought to myself, God, you know, I've watched Breaking Bad probably three times through and through, you know, in terms of all this, and and not necessarily in order, but I've watched a lot of the great episodes many times. But it's never the same the second time. Although, you know, there are movies that I think get better watching them over and over, but a show like Breaking Bad, which I would consider for me the number one drama that I've ever watched. And I know I've I've not seen The Wire and it's still on my list. I think it's better than The Sopranos. I think Breaking Bad is the number one drama for me in terms of of a show and I think Walter White's probably the greatest dramatic character. And by the way, the supporting cast, you know, we've, we've talked about this many times in the past, but I was thinking if there was one show that you, first of all, do you agree with like erasing your memory and being able to go back and experience it again for the first time? It, 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 it's, it's not the same the second time around because you know everything well, that's coming. I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's compare it to sex. Is sex better after your first time? I don't know that they're real. It's it's apples and oranges. It's uh, not it's not the same sort of. A, well, maybe it is. Maybe it's the same endorphins, adrenaline, whatever. 
Um, yeah. So no, that's that's. I mean, I understand it, but I mean, I get just, I get maybe sometimes I get more joy watching The Sopranos now than I did when I was watching it in time. Oh, the only thing I miss is the anticipation of it. Of, well, of, that's of a, that, but of don't watching you, it. But that's such but, a but, huge but, part of it. But actual watching it. I mean, I I enjoy it more now, knowing that what I know what's coming. I I, I take more pleasure in it. I don't know that. Uh, well, let me just say, I do take pleasure in it, or I wouldn't be going back and watching it again, right? Like you wouldn't continue to watch certain episodes or even certain series over and over again. You and I talk about all the time how much we love The Office and how we, you know, it's a comfort kind of show. You watch it over and over again. But I think as far as the uh, a dramatic show. Like, you know, um, when we've talked about Tarantino movies before, like, I really think that, that, that Tarantino movies, there's so much to them that usually I get more out of it the second and the third time around. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, to me, I've watched now five times. It's so much better than the first time I watched it, and I loved it the first time that I watched it. I've mentioned many times before, to me, Inglorious Bastards is, is the all-time movie for me that just gets better and better every single time I watch it. But I don't know if a dramatic show like Breaking Bad, where the drama isn't there, the anticipation, the not knowing, if you can experience it the same way again. But When I mean the anticipation, the anticipation of waiting for it to come on. Once it was on, that was that's a different anticipation. But waiting for that, like when the Sopranos was 8 o'clock Sunday night. I couldn't wait for 8 o'clock Sunday night. Right. Well, you that's know? not even the way I consumed Breaking Bad. I binged it. Right. Um, but the no, I thought you were talking about something else. Just the, n- knowing that something is coming up and having the excitement rather than being surprised, you know, because you're not surprised the second time around. Anyway, I thought that that was an interesting um, way to, you know, if I could erase my memory and go back and watch it again. It, it, it was so good, I wish I could erase my memory and go back and watch it again. I, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people have that uh, attitude about listening to the podcast. <laughs> maybe. Maybe today they can just erase it from their memory and listen to it over and over again. We don't <laughs> mind when you do that. Um, and many of you, by the way, do that. Trust me, I can see how it is consumed. And many of you, I appreciate this, by the way, listen to various shows more than once. I, I don't know if I told you this, but... I got this thing from my podcast platform, um, you know, uh, provider last football season, or maybe it was two football seasons ago. I think it was two football seasons ago. And they said, um, it was, oh, it was, remember when Washington beat Dallas in 2019, the Cowboys missed a field goal at the end and the, you know, it was the, it was the Alex Smith year. The Alex Smith year. That, that was, was the 20, first, That was 2018. 2018. Yeah, that was the first year I did yeah. the podcast. I wasn't doing radio. At the end of that year, like it was almost January or February, and I get this this call from this guy. He's like, "Why is your show from this particular date way up in numbers this week?" I'm like, "I have no idea. What's the date?" And I went back and looked at it. It was the day after the Cowboy win. 
It was like the recap show that it was probably Cooley and I doing it, or it could have been you and me doing it. I don't remember now. It probably was the two of us doing it. The recap show the Monday after, it was like February. It was several months afterwards, and there was like this huge spike. So to all of you that like do that, I appreciate that. And by the way, that actually helps us. It really does help us. Um, you know, the J, I still have people listening to the Jay Gruden podcast. I, those numbers are just climbing. It's going to be the Jay Gruden podcast will be in the top 10 podcasts that we've ever done here. Um, when, when it is all said and done in numbers and people are still discovering that. And then last week, Tommy, I did, um, I did a long interview with Billy Packer. He was great. He is so sharp at 81 years old, great memory, and I've noticed just every single day the numbers on that continue to go up. So I, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you, but it, it actually, don't think that if you, you know, a lot of this stuff obviously is dated, but a lot of it isn't. Like the conversation with Billy Packer, if you haven't heard that that interview, I would urge you to go back and listen to it. He was great. If you're a college basketball fan, if you're an older college basketball fan in particular, um, he just had great stories. He told so many great stories about Al McGuire. Did you know that they didn't like it? He couldn't stand Al McGuire. I didn't know that. Al McGuire apparently was very aloof, um, very distant, very hard to get along with. And then he told this story about how on Easter Sunday at the Final Four in St. Louis in 1970-something, um, he, um, he went to Mass at some church near the Arch um, in St. Louis, and he was walking up to communion, and McGuire was there in the front row, and McGu- that was the first real conversation. They had been working together for like a year and a half or two years, and McGuire <laughs> comes out. And he says to Billy Packer, he said, hey, you want to go get you know lunch? And Billy was like, yeah, sure. So they walk down by like this pier where, there's, where the, this boat is, is on the river. And Al McGuire walks on and acts as if he's some sort of health inspector there to inspect this, this situation on the boat. So they, they, you know, he didn't flash anything. He just acted like he knew what he was doing. And he walked in and he said, can I see your kitchen? And he walks down to the kitchen and he said, can you make me, a, can you make us a sandwich? And they made, they made Billy and Al McGuire sandwiches and they walked out of there and said, thank you very much. We'll get the report back to you, you know, in a, in a few days. And he oh, walks God. out of there with Billy Packer and he said, not bad for, for a cheap lunch. <laughs> but there are like so many other of those stories that uh, Packer told. And look, if you're an old time ACC fan in particular, basketball fan, totally worth it. Um, you know, he talked about the differences. Uh, you know, I said, which was the bigger upset, Villanova over Georgetown or NC State over Houston? He called both of those games. Nobody called more Final Four games as an analyst than Billy Packer over literally a four-decade period. That's a long run, you know? That's a pretty yeah. long – you and I are only on decade number two together. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not true. We're on decade number three together. We started in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our third decade working together. We just have one more wow. to go. All right, Cooley will be with me tomorrow. Uh, so 
tune in for that. We'll talk some football. We'll talk about this uh, Trey Lance thing with Cooley tomorrow and anything else that pops up from the rest of the day. Have a great day, great evening. If you're into the golf, enjoy it. Back tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.